Mr. Benfica is a production of the PTB Media Network. All rights reserved. All opinions are my own. Mr. Benfica can be found on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, CastBox, Overcast, iHeartRadio, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, TuneIn, Stitcher, and Himalaya, as well as select episodes on YouTube at the Mr. Benfica channel there on YouTube and also all episodes available at www.mrbenfica.com. What's up, Benfica Nation? Welcome to another episode of Mr. Benfica. I am your host, the Mr. Mike Agustinho, here again for another episode. It is episode 94 today, and we're reviewing the UEFA Europa League match day two of the group stage, Benfica and Standard Liège today, as we are just hours away from Boavista Benfica round six of the Liga Nage, so I wanted to get this episode out to you before uh, that ma- that match kicks off, obviously, and try to keep pace with the, with the fixture list uh, that the club has at this time, as it is match after match every three days, and uh, it is quite a exciting time to be a Benfica, no doubt. Um, we just we just keep playing matches, and the club the team is doing well. You know the the results are going our way. You just want to keep these 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 results rolling and keep on going. Um, so in this episode, I'm gonna be looking at, at the three nil victory over Standard Liège, and um, I'm also gonna gonna talk about a few other things. As uh, what I'm gonna break to right now is a little sound clip, okay? And this is from last week. This was. Uh, because a new central defender, Jan Vertonghen. This is Super Jan talking to the Kegolasso podcast on CBS Sports here in the United States, talking about um, his first impressions of Benfica. I'm going to play this for you, and then I'm going to give my thoughts, all right? So so here is Jan Vertonghen on Kegolasso. Benfica are the most decorated club in, in the country, in Portugal. They've won the league title more times than Porto and Sporting. I know it's difficult to describe because, obviously, of the pandemic, but how does it feel to play for these fans, for Benfica fans, for this club? Yeah, even though I... Uh... 
I haven't played in front of the supporters yet. You can really feel how uh, how big the club is uh, when you walk on the streets or on social media or uh, the people working in the club. Or, um, yeah, it's a uh, it's a it's weird to say, but I really can feel how how massive this club is. And uh, obviously, I can't wait to to play in front of the supporters. And um, but yeah, it's uh, I always compare uh, Benfica to. Uh, to Ajax in uh, in Holland, it's the, it's the most decorated club. It's the it's the biggest club with the with the with the biggest amount of supporters. Um, yeah, the most trophies and uh, best known in the country, best known over the world probably. And uh, yeah, that's always when I when people ask me from um, from Western Europe uh, about Benfica, I always compare them as the, the Ajax of Portugal. So Jan Vertonghen there. Explaining why I'm I must like old school Ajax videos so much. Uh, he says that Benfica are the Ajax of Portugal, and I say that Ajax are the Benfica of the Netherlands. But the point point is well taken. Um, yeah, you can hear him there say how he didn't realize how big the club is, and we hear this a lot. We hear this from people. They come to Benfica, they don't necessarily know uh, just how big this club is until they until they wear the shirt. Now imagine, imagine if Jan Vertonghen had been here. Before this pandemic, with the International Champions Cup, and he had traveled around and just seen how well-supported Benfica are, how big of a club he would believe that they are, how much even bigger. Um, you know, Benfica are, are so heavily supported in in the pockets of Portuguese community around the world that I think it surprises a lot of these foreign players who don't realize that that community exists. And, um, yeah, imagine if he'd had a chance... At, at this point, to have played in front of a full Stadio de Luz, he would have felt the Inferno de Luz behind him, uh, you know, pushing pushing the team on. And um, one day, hopefully soon, he will know what that feels like as Jan Vertonghen clearly settling in very nicely in Portugal. And he's settling in very nicely in Benfica. And I think him and him and Otamendi are becoming quite a good tandem in the middle of the defense. And you can say what you want about their age and say that they're slow or whatever. But we're, we're, we got a couple of clean sheets in a row now. And that's that's good news for Benfica. Uh, we got two clean sheets in a row this week. And uh, Benfica needs to keep that up. And some of that is structural in the terms of the system of play, of the formation. Okay. And... I think that you're going to see this defense continue to improve, regardless of who's playing on the outside. And, yeah, we're a little bit thin there right now due to injuries, but uh, Benfica very, very deep in the middle of the park. And I think Jorge Jesus obviously readjusting things and making sure that that middle of the park gets protected. Now, what we're going to talk about today, like we said, is the Europa League first round or group stage match day two against Standard Liège, and it is important to to note right from the get-go, Standard Liège not at full strength in this match, all right, missing players due to injury and due to COVID, and because of that, we can't get too too high on this victory. This was a very, very good performance from Befica in the postgame presser. JJ said it was the best performance the team has had this season since he's been here, and I agree with that statement, but again, um, it was one of the weaker opponents probably that we have faced. But I also think, and I think uh, JJ may have touched on this, uh, the presence of the 4,800 Benfica fans in the stadium 
also assisted a little bit in that. And you could see that the players were, were excited to play in front of people again, regardless of how few people it was. You could see that it, it felt more authentic to them, and they had a little bit more encouragement coming from the from the seats. And I think that Benfica really put on a phenomenal performance, all things considered. Not Benfica's fault that that Standard Liège are shorthanded, that they're, you know, they're they're thin and dealing with, with issues. That has nothing to do with Benfica. So Benfica go out, take care of business, they get three goals. Could have had five or six, to be honest, um, if not for a little bit of bad luck. But they really did per- push. They did uh, go after the goal. They went in search of it. Uh, Benfica always looking like the team uh, on the front foot, looking to get the next goal, looking to to take the victory. So we're going to talk about that game when we come back. It's going to be a quick break right here. We're going to play some. Uh, going to play the UEFA Europa League anthem for you here. And on the other side of that, we will get in to this match. Okay, we will start talking about it and. We'll break down all the all the important events that transpired throughout the 90 minutes as we are, like I said, just hours away from Boa Vista versus Benfica a little later on today. It's Monday, November the 2nd, and I hope everyone had a great weekend. I hope everyone enjoyed Halloween. If, if you support Halloween, if you, I should say, celebrate Halloween wherever you are in the world, um, I know my, my four-year-old enjoyed it, um, so it, it was fun, and... Um, yeah, we'll be right back with with uh, with some analysis. This is Mr. Benfica. I am the Mr. Mike Agustinho. You can follow me on Twitter at Benfica Mr. On Instagram at Mr. Benfica. On Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash Mr. Benfica. Don't forget to subscribe to the YouTube channel. This episode's not there. Um, thinking that I'll be back on YouTube with the next episode, uh, hopefully. But this one right now is not going to be up there. And... Um, but make sure you go you go to the YouTube and and subscribe and click on the little bell so you get notified every time Mr. Benfica has new video content available on YouTube. And don't forget all the episodes of Mr. Benfica are available at www.mrbenfica.com. And you can follow us also. Make sure you subscribe on all the podcast platforms, whichever one is yours of choice. Subscribe, rate if possible, and let's see if we can get Mr. Benfica out to even more people. All right, we'll be right back after this. And welcome back to Mr. Befica episode 94. We're talking Europa League, of course, and that is one of the greatest pieces of music that's used for a competition anthem anywhere in the world. I love that piece of music. And now let's start off by going down the results in match day two of the UEFA Europa League. Um, these matches were played on Thursday, October the 29th, of course. Ike Athens 1, Leicester City 2, Seska Moscow 0, Dinamo Zagreb 0, Feyenoord 1, Wolfsburger AC 4, Red Star Belgrade 5, Slovan Liberec 1, Ghent 1, Offenheim 4, Lask 4, Ludogrets 3, Lille 2, Celtic 2, Milan 3, Sparta Prague 0, 
Quarabag FK1, Vigereal 3, Royal Antwerp 1, Tottenham Hotspur 0, Jose Mourinho's side drops 3 points here in Belgium, a little bit of a shock result there for for. Carlos Vinicius, Carlos Vinicius' side, uh, he did feature in the starting 11 for Jose Mourinho. Sivas Sapor 1, Maccabi Tel Aviv 2, Zoria 1, Sporting Braga 2. The Guerreiros Dominio are 2-0. They've got 6 points from 2 matches in this competition. Arsenal 3, Dundalk 0 in the England-Ireland derby match. If, if you will, a rivalry match if you want to call it that. Azed Alkmaar 4, Rijeka 1. Benfica 3, Standard Liège 0. That's, of course, the match we're talking about here today. Um, CFR Cluj 1, Young Boys 1, Granada 0, Pauk 0, Molde 1, Rapid Vien 0, Nice 1, Hapoel Beersheba 0, Omonia Nicosia, excuse me, Omonia Nicosia 1, PSV Eindhoven 2, Rangers 1, Lech Poznan 0. That was the other match in our group. Roma nil, PFC Seska Sofia nil, and Slavia Prague one, Bayer Leverkusen nil. So let's focus now on Benfica and Standard. Again, match day two, Stadio de Luz, 4,800 in attendance. All right, and the. And the the starting eleven, excuse me, for starting with the visitors from Belgium. Okay, so Standard Liège come out in a four-one-four-one, and they've got Arnaud Bodart in goal, four across the back. Collins Faye is the right back. Zinho Van Housden and Noé Dusenier are the center back pairing with Nicolas Gavori on the left side of defense. Merville Bocadi is the holding midfielder behind a four-man midfield of Salim Amala. Uh, Goiko Semirio, Samuel Bastian. And our old friend Medi Carcela Gonzalez. That's right, our old our old uh, our old player, the Moroccan international, um, who is now playing at Standard Liège, and who made some comments after the match. And I guess I will get to that at the end, if if I remember, to be honest. And Obi Ulade is the striker for Standard Liège. Benfica come back with this 4-4-3 that they've been playing as of late. And there are a few changes in it. Odi, as always, is the goalkeeper, Vlako Dimo, or as the English language announcer on the World Feed said, Vlakotomus, Vlakotomus, one of them. One of the stranger pronunciations I have seen of his name, Vlacodimo, in in the time he's been with Benfica. The right back is a change. It is Diogo Gonçalves getting a start, his first start of the season, and he debuts at that position at right back. Center backs, of course, Nicolas Otomendi and Jan Vertonghen. And Nuno Tavares returns at the left back in place of the injured Alex Grimaldo. Gabriel returns to the center of midfield to the middle of the park and he's got PZ on his right and Pedrinho on his left and in attack it is it is Waldschmidt, Everton and Darwin Nunez. So Mavika fielding a strong team with a couple of rotations and I think uh, George Zouge, JJ is doing a good job so far of of rotating um, just a couple of guys without changing the whole team, which is good. Um, you know, we, we, in the last two years or last, yeah, in the last two years, we've seen Bruno Lage or the last season and a half. We saw Bruno Lage make wholesale changes and completely change the outlook of the team. 
Um, I think I think that JJ is giving rest to certain players while keeping the rest of the team intact. I think that's the best way to go about it, and you rotate who you rotate, essentially. So um, he's also using the league games for rotation. And um, one decision here that surprised me a little bit because I thought Everton was was ready for for a little bit of a rest, but uh, JJ continues to go with Everton Sabolinia, um, despite a little bit of a lack of explosion in his step and a, a visible fatigue. But that that is the eleven that JJ puts on the pitch. So let's break down the first half, and it was really, it was really. Um, all Benfica in the first half especially and right in the second minute we had an opportunity missed it was Nicolas Otamendi header from the right side of the 60 yard box was wide to the right he got on the end of an Everton Sibolina cross following a corner kick a minute later Nuno Tavares has a left has a right footed shot from outside the box but he shanked this one he he hit it way wide I mean the, the, the work was good he did well on the ball and you know what Nuno Tavares I'm going to say right off the bat, this was his best match as a Benfica, as a senior player, as a first-team player. No question about it. Um, I thought he looked really well and looked really good in this match, I should say. And I think JJ is working with him, and I think he is getting comfortable in this system, and he's understanding what's asked of him. And um, what I've always liked about Nuno Tavares, and nobody's given him credit for this, is yes, he makes mistakes and he continues to make mistakes, but he comes back every time and tries again. He does not allow mistakes to handicap him and to prevent him from continuing and can prevent him from doing the things that he needs to do on the pitch. He's not afraid to continue to make mistakes. I think in the long run, I agree with 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 George Azuz's claim that this is a future Portugal national team left back. I think he's got all the the tools you can't teach. He's got it all. He's got the 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 athletic ability, the build, and I I don't remember who said this, so I apologize, but I saw it on Twitter. It was one of one of you guys that said he is he is kind of a uh, he's a player that reminds you of an Alfonso Davies, and yes, I see I see that he does have such a similar style as Bayern Munich's Alfonso Davies, just a powerful, strong, fast, athletic left back, and he is improving the defensive portion of his game every day and um, I'm really excited to see uh, for the further development of this Nuno Tavares now and I know not everyone's big on him but I, I, I am seeing that I am seeing the upside and I'm seeing so much potential and room for growth in this guy so we move forward and we will get to the 13th minute now and it's Darwin Nunez with the right footed shot from the center of the box that was blocked by the center Liege back line but he was set up on a nice feed from Peasy. A minute later, Valschmidt's turn to uh, to squander an opportunity. A left-footed shot from the center of the box. It was close, but he missed just left. Again in the 13th, Pedrinho this time with a left-footed shot from outside the box, but it was saved in the bottom left corner. He was set up by Valschmidt. 15th minute, and it's Benfica again accelerating these first 20 minutes were played at such a high tempo such a high intensity this is very well we've come to see and come to know and expect from George Zuzer's Benfica sides and these first 20 minutes were just ruthless it was it was relentless unfortunately we didn't have any goals to show for it but it was just a relentless attack so in the 15th it's Everton with a right-footed shot from outside the box saved in the bottom right corner 
Uh, later in the same minute, Luka Valchmidt again, a left-footed shot from outside the box, and it misses just wide to the right. And then Benfica starts to, I think, hit the wall a little bit. The adrenaline starts to wear off. It's natural. You cannot, you cannot train yourself to maintain adrenaline for 90 minutes. That's just not humanly possible. So the game starts to settle into its pace after the 20-minute mark. But Benfica always in control, never really in any danger. And in the th- we're going to move all the way to the 38th now, and it is Waldschmidt with a left-footed shot again from the center of the box. He's he's set up by Nuno Tavares, but it was it was just missed wide to the right. Uh, a minute later, it's Peasy with a left-footed shot from outside the box. It's close, but he misses. He just misses the top left corner. In the 42nd minute, uh, Diogo Gonçalves commits a foul on Nicolas Gavori. And Diogo Gonçalves sees a yellow card. This could come into play later. Um, it did not, but it could have. As the referee chooses to show the yellow card to Diogo Gonçalves here. And we move into the 45th. Plus one, and it's Waldschmidt again. Has his right-footed effort uh, blocked from outside the box. Set up by Pedrinho. And that takes us to halftime. As it is pretty much all Benfica in the first half. And uh, positionally, I thought Benfica were very good. They were pressing high like they like to do. Okay. And they were winning a lot of balls in the opponent's end. Um, Benfica moving the ball quickly. I think I saw a little bit more of a of a a snap in their, in their ball movement early on. It slowed as the half went on. Certainly slowed as the half went on. As the team began, again, to wear off that, that adrenaline and start to set into their aerobic um, into their aerobic pace, if you will, into that rhythm. Um, once, once all that adrenaline, all that hype had worn off, and now you're working on your cardiovascular, you're using your cardiovascular strength and your cardiovascular conditioning to to maintain the tempo. You can't keep it at the same intensity you had it in the first 20 minutes. But Benfica in full control, of course, and moving the ball brilliantly. And um, they did slow a little bit, but again, that's going to happen when you come out. Uh, firing the way they have and do in every single match. And I guess the hope is that they can just maintain that level of intensity a little bit longer each game and that the drop in intensity after you hit that that proverbial wall is a little bit, you know, reduced each time that the drop is less and less and less and um right now i mean you can't you cannot complain about especially this performance from Befica. again not Befica's fault the condition that the other team is in all right that is halftime so we're, i'm going to take a quick break here and i'll be back on the other side to break down the very eventful second half here on mr Befica. i am the mr mike agustinio and don't forget Hit me up on Twitter at Benfica Mister, on Instagram at Mr. Benfica. And a thank you to all the Instagram followers. I got to say that my post last week um, promoting episode 93 had over 500 likes, which is way out of the ballpark for me. Um, 100 likes for me is usually uh, a an astronomical feat uh, for my social media. So so I was psyched to, to see that post get over 500 likes. And if you're not following me yet on Instagram, you should be because I post all the information there about when there's a new episode. So do go over to Instagram at, at Mr. Benfica and follow me. Uh, drop me a DM if you want and say hello. I will I will return it. And I do like interacting with all of you. And, of course, if you want to email me, of course, feel free. You can email me at the Mr. Benfica at gmail.com. 
So it's a substitution to start the second half, and George Jesus opts to make the change. It's Rafa coming on for Pedrinho. Short night for the Brazilian, uh, former Corinthians man, as Rafa enters the match. And you know what Rafa brings when he comes in. They're two players who have very different, um, very different characteristics. And uh, when you bring on Rafa, it's more of a a speed. Um, it's a change to inject some speed into the lineup. I think it's a good move. And I think, I honestly think George Jesus probably planned to split the time between them anyway. But that's the substitution he makes in the 45th minute. And just a few minutes later, Benfica f- finally get a breakthrough here. It's the 47th minute. Uh, have a listen here as this is how it sounded on the world feed in the English language. To anybody that watched around the world, I watched it here in the United States on CBS All Access. And here is how it sounded as Waldschmidt gets taken down in the penalty area to draw a penalty kick for Benfica. Benfica on course to maintain their unbeaten home record in the UEFA Europa League. Gonçalves. Volschmidt goes down, penalty! Right at the start of the second half. Merville Bacardi, the player who has been penalised. It's a yellow card for him. Volschmidt got to the ball first. He quickly tumbled. And the question is, how much contact was there? Well, there was a pull on the shirt by Bacardi. And in that sort of situation... The referee is always going to give a penalty. Once Volschmidt felt the... What can Onoboda do here? It's the captain, Pitsy. And he makes no mistake. And Benfica have the lead. Typically confident penalty from Pitsy. So it's a nice pass from Diogo Gonçalves running at pace, playing it into the gap between the standard Liège defenders. Um, Luka Waldschmidt gets on the end of it, cuts back, and is taken down. He's taken down by Arnaud Bodar, and Bodar will see a yellow card for his troubles as the referee points to the spot. And as you heard there, PZ steps up. Refer, uh, the goalkeeper, I should say, dives to his left. PZ shoots to his right. And Benfica are ahead 1-0 in the 47th minute. And a very big uh, sigh of relief, I think, for Benfica Nation um, after that very dominant first half. To not have a goal to show for it, I think, can bring back the bad memories and I think the haunting memories of of. Uh, playing it in in Salonica against against Pauk but PZ's penalty kick here kind of alleviates all of that and we move forward and it's Benfica still on the attack as this time it is Rafa with a left-footed shot in the 53rd minute from the center of the box but he misses just to the left getting on the end of a feed from Gianluca Valschmidt we move forward and we got we we got Liège with a rare uh, a rare excuse me a rare uh, opportunity at goal. It's it is Medi Carcela Gonzalez, our former uh, our former outside midfielder. He gets a left-footed shot from inside the box, but he misses just to the left. 
And another another attempt for Standard Liège in the 58th. Zinho Van Housden with a left-footed shot from the right side of the box is saved in the top corner by Odi Vlakodimos. This came off a corner kick. The corner kick did go over everybody's head. Fell right to Van Housden's chest. He brought it down and ended up having a point-blank shot that was saved brilliantly by the Greece international goalkeeper. 62nd minute, and it is Nunez. Darwin, right-footed shot from the left side of the box. He misses just wide to the left. Nice run from Darwin Nunez. I've said it before. I love the way this guy works off the ball. I love the way he finds the spaces to run to and the way he, he puts himself in position to either shoot or to set up his teammates with dangerous opportunities. Two minutes later, have a listen here as it is Nuno Tavares running at pace towards the penalty area. But of course, there may be more room, and Nuno Tavares looking to capitalize now. Was he dragged down? And another penalty is being given. Nuno Tavares just going in field beyond Collins' fight. The contact may have started outside the penalty area, but it continued inside the box in his second European appearance Volschmidt looking for his first European goal and he delivers two penalties 2-0 to Benfica so Nuno Tavares brought down in the area by Collins Faye. Faye goes in the referee's book with a yellow card. And it is German international Luca Waldschmidt stepping up. PZ hands the ball to Waldschmidt and allows the young German to take the penalty kick. And in absolutely, um, in an incredibly efficient German manner, Luca Waldschmidt steps up and buries the penalty kick. Fantastic conversion on the penalty kick. Very well taken. Mefica lead 2-0 to the delight of the 4,800 in the stadium. And George Zuz takes uh, the opportunity to make a substitute. And off comes the goal scorer, Waldschmidt. His day is done. On comes Morocco International. Fan favorite, Adel Tarapt. And I actually, I like this spot for Tarapt. Okay. I like bringing him in in this stage of the game, and here's why. Tarapt is different than any other player on our roster. Okay, you in, you inject Tarapt into the team, and you change the complete dynamic of the team, and you, you force your opponent to change the way they defend. So after a team like like uh, like Liège here, Standard Liège has spent 67 minutes defending Benfica and and struggling to do so. They're starting to to get their their bearings a little bit despite being down 2-0. You know that Standard are going to have to take more risks. Why not throw on a Delta Rapt who can do things that other people cannot do, okay? And against a tired d- defense, yes, I like this substitution and I like him in this role. Better than I like him as a starter, admittedly. I, I I think he's he can be even more dangerous in this role with the shorter time span. His his lung capacity is is at full force. His he's at full fitness for for thirty minutes or so. I think that thirty to forty five minutes is a great amount of time for him 
to play the way that he plays, which is at a very high, high intensity. And like we said, the, after the first 20 minutes, maybe because intensity drops off. So you bring in Terapt, and now you raise it a little bit again. The other team's tired. The other team's confused. They're disoriented. They're trying to figure out where they're going to risk, what they're going to do to try to get forward and get back into the match. And now you give them a dribbler and a, a passer like Adele Terapt to have to contend with. Good substitution, in my opinion, by the manager, George Zuzuj. And Standard Liege will counter with a substitution of their own. In the 69th minute, two minutes later, Alexander Boljevic comes on. Obi Oda Olare comes off, as does... Um, no, excuse me. And then you have an opportunity in the 70th. It's Zinu van Housden with a left-footed shot from outside the box, but it is blocked by Nicolas Otamendi. 70th minute, it's an offside call to Standard Liège on a through ball, even though Zalim Amala put it in the goal uh, after the whistle, uh, or I should say before the whistle. The whistle does blow. The referee's flag is up for offside. 71st minute, and Georges Azouz will make his final substitution. He makes two of them, and it is Ulian Weigel coming on for Gabriel. A good substitution, in my opinion. It's 2 0. And this, this, Generated some controversy as it looked like it looked like Gabriel was unhappy coming off of the off the pitch, and George Jesus explained it as he was just telling him to slow down, telling him that he's winning two nil, not losing two nil. And um, I think I like this substitution because Weigel brings a little bit more of a calm demeanor, and he's a, he's more positionally sound. And I think he's going to protect that back line a little bit more than Gabriel does. Gabriel gives you more going forward right now, especially. But I think in a 2-0 in a 2-0 lead, I think it's a no-brainer. And it's a good move by Jota Jota there. And also, the Swiss assassin Harris Seferovic replaces Darwin Nunez. And the Uruguayans' day is done early. He'll be rested for another day. Um, Standard Liège, two minutes later, make their own substitution. On comes... Oh, Joachim Carcela uh, Gonzalez, and he uh, he replaces Gojko Simiroy. My French is horrible. Simiroy, I believe is how you pronounce it. And Konstantinos Laifis replaces Zinho Van Housden. And in the 75th minute, though, Benfica will put this one out of reach. And who else? But one of the most... I think disrespected at times players in this lineup. One of the most underappreciated players in this lineup. I know I've been critical of him too. But he, he at the end of the day does get things done. And it is again. He's now in double figures as a goal scorer in Europe. As you'll hear the commentator here say. It is Peasy making it 3 to nothing. Have a listen. Bastian has the armband. There is Seferovic. The stretch, it's cleared by Lifis, and the shot, it's an outstanding goal to make it three, and it's Pizzi again. Well, Benfica finally stopped scoring penalties in the second half. And six points out of six to start this UEFA Europa League group. Seferovic... With the initial ball inside, it was cleared as far as Pizzi, and he did the rest. And he's moved into double figures this evening for European goals. 
So there he is, Luiz Afonso Fernandes, better known to you and I as Peasy with a right-footed goal curling into the far post, making it 3 nothing and doubling his tally on the night and securing the three points for Benfica in this in this tie. And Benfica now starting this Europa League in the exact fashion they would have wanted to. As we go into match day three, top of the table, sharing top of the table with our match day three opponent, Glasgow Rangers. In the 79th minute, however, we get another substitution. I had said that George Jesus made his final substitution, but no, he has another one here, and um, I must have misspoke at that point. But George Jesus brings on Gonzalo Ramos, and the young striker replaces Pizzi, the the double goal scorer on the day. And Standard Liège will also make a substitution as Philippe Nicolas Avanti replaces Salim um, Amala. And also Philippe, they got Philippe Avanti down here twice. Yes, Philippe Avanti with the header right off the first opportunity. He gets on the end of it as he comes from a Nicolas Gavori cross. And Benfica will see out the result at this point. Um, Standard Liège with a couple of opportunities. Gonzalo Ramos tries his his luck from distance at one point. Uh, Medi Carcela Gonzalez in the 87th tries a right-footed shot from the right side of the box. Blocked by Jan Vertonghen. And that takes us to the 90th plus one. It is Gonzalo Ramos again. Right-footed shot from outside of the box on the end of an Everton pass. And Ramos' shot is blocked. And at 90 plus 3, the referee will blow his whistle for full time. And that is Benfica 3, Standard Liège nil. Let's uh, go to the goal point quickly as we will cover that. And it's pulling up on my screen as I speak. And let's see how the analytics shaped out for this match. So... Starting with the visiting side from Belgium. The goalkeeper, Bodart, had a 4.3. Um, the team had an expected 0.3 uh, expected goals with an average 5.06 rating for Philippe Montagnier's side. And like I said, Bodart was 4.3 in goal. Faye, 4.9. Van Housden, 5.8. Bocadi Bope, uh, 5.8. Oh, Dusenye 5.7, Gavori 6.2, Bastien uh, 4.8, Shimiro 4.4, uh, Medicarcella 4.9, uh, Amala 4.2, and Olare is a 5.3 off the bench. Boljekovic with a 4.9, um, the other Carcella with a 5.3, Laifis with a 5.0. Avenati not on the pitch long enough to earn a rating. For Benfica, Odi has a 5.6. Nun Tavares with a 4. Uh, sorry, Diogo Gonçalves with a 4.9. Otamendi 6.6. Vertonghen 5.2. Nuno Tavares with a 7.1. Everton, Cibolinha 6.7. Gabriel with a 5.8. Pizzi with a man of the match performance and an 8.6 with two goals to show for it. Pedrinho has a 5.8. Waldschmidt 7.1. Darwin with a low 4.9 in this one. Um, a lot of his work off the ball again. Not not something that's measured in, in analytics or in statistics. And um, 
the the combination of Darwin and and of Waldschmidt is still there, and I like to see the way that they are able to play together. But not the best of ratings for young Darwin Nunez. Seferovic off the bench, 4.9. Weigel, 5.0. Tarapt, 5.7. And Rafa, 5.4. Let's take a look here at the statistics. Benfica, of course, had a 2.4 expected goal, so they exceeded their expected goals with an average 6.10 rating. The man of the match was PZ, as we said. And when we look at the the heat map, you can go to goalpoint.pt and see it there. Um, the heat map is basically down the, the the right and left center channel. Um, that's where he spent most of his time with a with a red spot there on the right side, uh, just outside the penalty area. And in we look at the completed passes. So the most completed passes. In the entire match were between PZ and Gabriel. Okay, so the this is uh, slightly different from last game. Usually, the center backs to the center midfielder is 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 where the highest amount of completed passes fall. But in this one, it was PZ and to Gabriel, um, which means that PZ passed the ball square or back a lot if he's if he's finding Gabriel twenty two times, nineteen times Otamendi played it to Diogo Salves, and seventeen times Gabriel played it back to PZ. And now for the statistics, I'm going to pull them up right now as we speak. Shots, the advantage went to Benfica 16-6. to Shots on goal 5-1 to in favor of Benfica. Actions in the opponent's area, the, ad the adversary's area. A whopping 34 times Benfica made an action in Standard Liège's area while standard Liège only five times into into Benfica's end of the pitch uh seven corners to Benfica to three for standard uh Benfica with an 89 percent pass efficiency compared to standard Liège's 73 percent and in the vertical pass efficiency efficiency not much of a drop off Benfica 80 percent efficient in the vertical pass while standard Liège only 52 percent efficient in those passes the number of defensive actions in the other teams in the opponent's midfield 16 defensive actions for Benfica in standards midfield while only eight in the reverse direction 13 fouls committed by Benfica 11 by standard Liège and 66 percent possession to spot Lisboa Benfica after the match Medi Carcella said that this Benfica team with guys like PZ and um he mentioned some other guy. He mentioned another player, and it's escaping me right now. Um, is like playing against Barcelona, and Georges Zouge had a reaction that uh, made headlines around the world. Not sure if that's what he was trying to do, or if he was, or if he's just you know lacks a filter sometimes. But he said he was asked about that, and he said, "Yeah, we resemble Barcelona maybe a couple years ago, not the Barcelona now." He basically took a shot at Ronald Koeman's Barcelona team, and. Um, well, very, very sensitive Barcelona fans have trolled Benfica media ever since. And um, it's it's quite funny. But Barcelona are in a position that they're in. They're not doing well. But I don't think JJ really needed to say that, to be honest. Uh, some people like it. Some people like his confidence. They say that he's getting Benfica press. And any press is good press, sure. If you believe that, that's fine. Um, I just don't think you need to light a fire under another team, you know, like that. Or need to take shots at someone like Barcelona or Real Madrid or Manchester United. 
you know, large clubs that have you know, that have a budget that just dwarfs yours. And while he's not entirely wrong, Barcelona of late has been pitiful. Um, we do need to take it to context that so we are playing in the Europa League, not the Champions League, and that we play in the in the Portuguese league. And a lot of these good performances have been against much lesser opposition than what Barcelona have been up against. Really, to me, it's just a comment that need, didn't need to be made. But that's JJ. That's what you get. Okay, you sign up, you get the whole package. You don't just get the good. You get the good with the bad, or the good with the less good. And this is just one of the sides of JJ, and it's something you're gonna have to deal with when he's your manager. But as long as the club keeps winning, as long as the team keeps performing, keeps progressing and getting better, um, I don't think anyone else is good. I don't care, and I don't think anyone else is going to care very much. Now let's go through the the table real quick in the Europa League. Okay, since we've had two matches, there the, the tables are starting to spread out. We'll start in Group A. Cluj is top of the table with four points and a plus two goal difference. Roma right behind him also on four points. Young Boys and Siska Sofia come behind that each with a point. Group B belongs to Arsenal right now. Arsenal are top with six points, a plus four goal difference. Molde right there with them also with six points, but only a plus two goal difference. Rapid Vienne and Dundalk with no points at this time. Group C, it's Bayer Leverkusen, and it's actually four teams with three points, so this is an even group, and it's all being decided right now by goal difference. So Bayern Leverkusen are top with with three points, a win and a loss. They have a plus three goal difference from six goals scored and three allowed. Apoel Bear Shiva right behind them. They have three points and a plus one goal difference with three, four, and two against. Slavia Prague are on the inverse of that with three points and a negative one goal difference and Nice are bottom of the table right now with negative three goal difference from their three points. Group D is our group and Befica are top six points from two matches plus five goal difference seven goals scored two allowed. Right behind us is Rangers they also have six points um, they have a plus three goal difference three goals scored none allowed so Befica have the challenge of breaking down this Rangers team that has gone a long time now without surrendering a goal and Befica are going to have to find a way to get a goal and they need to win this match to really solidify you know, their passage to the next round and be able to take some pressure off as the fixture congestion continues um, as we head towards the end of the calendar year. Lech Poznan and Standard Liege behind Rangers and Benfica with no points, either of them. Uh, negative three goal difference for Lech and negative five for Standard. Group E right now topped by Granada. They have four points. Um... Second place is PSV Eindhoven with three. Pauk are third with two. And Omonia Nicosia is fourth right now with one point. Group F right now, it is Azed Alkmaar, the Dutch side, lead with two victories from two games, uh, plus a four-goal difference, while Napoli are right behind them with three points and a zero-goal difference. Same as Real Sociedad, and same exact, same exact everything. Three points, one goal for one against a zero-goal difference. And Rijika is bottom with no points. Group G, it is Braga top of the table. They're in there actually even also on all accounts with Leicester City. Braga have two goals, uh, sorry, two victories, no draws, no defeats. Five goals for one against for a plus four difference. Six points. Leicester, same exact. Two victories, five goals for one against. Plus four goal difference and six points. Ike are... Are level with Zoria. They they also have the same stat line. 
just the inverse of the two top teams. Group H belongs to AC Milan right now. And the Rossaneri have six points from two matches. Lille are behind them with four. Then it's Celtic with one and Sparta Prague with none. Group I, it's Villarreal with six points. Also, Maccabi Tel Aviv also with six points. Villarreal has a four, a plus four goal difference. Maccabi Tel Aviv has a plus two. Sivaspor is, is third with a minus three. And no points, as is Quarabag FK. Same exact thing, minus three. But they've only scored one goal, whereas Sivasapur has scored four. Group J in Royal Antwerp is the top of that group with six points. And then they're followed by Tottenham and Lask with three. And Ludogretz is bottom with no points. In Group K, Wolfsberger are top with four points. Siska Moscow have two, as do Dinamo Zagreb and Feyenoord are fourth with one point. All those teams still in contention and still within reach of each other. Group L, Hoffenheim has six, Red Star Belgrade three, Slovan Liberec also three, and Ghent have none. Um, Red Star Belgrade leave, uh, lead Slovan Liberec with, um, in terms of goal difference, by five goals. It's a plus two to a negative three. Let's look quickly at some players' statistics. Okay, and the top three goal scorers in the Europa League right now. Top scorer is from Villarreal. It is Paco Alcácer. He has four goals, as does Michael Lindell. And Michael Lindell is of Wolfsburger AC. And, uh, and our Darwin Nunez is third with three goals. Minutes per goal belongs to Paco Alcácer uh, with a goal every eight minutes for Villarreal. Uh, Bayer Leverkusen's Leon Bailey leads in assists with two assists. And the highest-rated uh, foot mob player in in the Europa League so far is RZ Pellet's Michael Lindell. And he, he has an average 8.91 rating. And when you look at goalkeepers right now, Alan McGregor of... Rangers, our next opponent, is top of the list. He's the only one with two clean sheets to date. So that is going to do it now for this episode of Mr. Benfica. I hope I covered everything. Um, that was UEFA Europa League match day two. And we will be back later this week with a review of Bovista versus Benfica. Also, I have a women's team review that I am going to drop on Wednesday morning. Okay. Wednesday because the there has been no the women's league was postponed this past weekend there were no matches played there were really no sports played outside of outside of the first division and the second division in the second division Befica B lost again for the sixth straight time if I'm not mistaken and now they find themselves in the relegation zone in the second division they lost three two in Matuzinius to Les Chons. Um, but no other no other results to talk about this past weekend but we do have on Wednesday. Uh, November the 4th, our women's team is playing in the UEFA Women's Champions League. They're traveling to Greece to play none other than Pauk, the same Pauk the men played. Um, that this one will be over two legs, the first leg in Greece, second leg in Portugal. Wednesday is leg number one. Our women's team will be playing. So I will have a women's team review out before that match on Wednesday, okay? So I will talk to you then and then later in the week a review of this afternoon or this evening, depending where in the world you're watching and listening from. Uh the upcoming match with Boa Vista. So stay tuned to the Mr. Benfica feed wherever you're listening. Make sure to subscribe, like, rate, share the podcast. Um, 
make sure to follow the social media at Benfica Mister, at Mr. Benfica on Instagram and on Facebook at www.mrbenfica. Sorry, www.facebook.com forward slash Mr. Benfica and check out the website www.mrbenfica.com. All right, that's going to do it for today. Uh, here is the UEFA Europa League anthem sending everyone off. And I'll talk to you in a couple days for a women's review, a women's league review. All right, Benfica ladies, as they are about four matches into their league season, I'll talk about it and I'll tell you uh, what I think, what I like, what I'm concerned about, things of that nature. And I'll get you ready for Wednesday's Benfica Pauk or Pauk Benfica Women's Champions League match. Thank you and have a good rest of the day. This has been Mr. Benfica, production of the PTB Media Network. I am the Mr. Mike Agustinu signing off. <laughs>